Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Holy Week Revival Podcast. This week, we welcome several dynamic speakers, David Perkins, Jabin Chavez, Scott Jones, and our very own Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. And now, here's today's message. Let's give the Lord the biggest shout of praise you got, if you got a praise in your heart. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph like victory is your destiny in Jesus' name. Come on. We serve a good God, and he's worthy of the praise. Can I get a witness from somebody in here? Hey. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. I just feel like as even we were singing that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Any, any anxiety tonight, any fear, any sleepless nights, in the name of Jesus, we speak to it. Just like our God spoke to the storm and caused it to be still. And I, I, I have a burden for somebody who may be pregnant or just had a baby and there may be possible complications or some possible issues and fear is trying to grip you and I don't want to embarrass you and I don't want to shame you in any way but I I speak to that couple and if you're here in the name of Jesus and I (laughs) man I'm telling you that glory of God is in this room I need you to praise God for that mama right now We speak healing into her womb right now and into that baby. And whatever the doctor has said, we speak a reversal to it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. He can split the sea, friend. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. Before you're seated, give, uh, give three people a church hug that you don't know. A church hug means you hug them like your family. Thanks, team. I'll just, can you stay with me, though, for a while? Thanks, man. Good to see you. Stay with me and we'll. What are you in, A? Yeah, stay there. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Could I maybe get a little more of this mic up here? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you can keep playing because you're anointed. How many think this worship team is as good as it gets? Anywhere. And... Uh, while we're in a clappy mood, I think we ought to give honor to our pastor. Amen. Yeah. Pastor Rex and Patty, we love you so much. The greatest, the greatest. And uh, thank you for just being a father in the gospel to, to so many. And, um, and we honor you. Thank you for teaching us, feeding us, and loving Jesus and loving the presence of God. Uh, I... I don't want to be around professional Christians. 
just man of God, praise God. I want to be around men of God and women of God that are broken and that say, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me and we'll praise God no matter what. We'll thank God no matter what and live with a little bit of a limp and live with some humility and live with a passion for Jesus. And um, that's, that's how my pastor is. And, uh, and I see so much of that the same way. I feel like when I'm around Pastor Rex and Pastor, my pastor's Pastor Jensen Franklin, there's just so much, just, just they love Jesus. And uh, I, I want to be that. I want to be that for myself. And so praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 3. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read a little bit of scripture right up front. Exodus chapter 3. And I think we stand for the word. I'm feeling that as people are standing. I'm very prophetic. So let's all stand. Amen. <laughs> and um, Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. Thank you, Lord. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him. Notice this. God saw Moses draw near. And in the direction that you lean, then God began to speak to him. So there wasn't this casual spirit about Moses. But as Moses leaned in, God said, okay, he's leaning in. Now I'm going to speak to him. Here I am. And, and God says, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians have, used, have abused them. Now go. Now notice that. God says, I've seen it. I've heard it. But now you've got to go. <laughs> you must lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses protested like many of us would do. But who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? But God answered, I will be with you. I will be with you. In 2016, God says, I will be with you. Business owner, I will be with you. Mama, I will be with you. New father that doesn't know how to raise his child, I will be with you. College student, I will be with you. Here's another scripture. I'm going to read it from right here. Exodus chapter 1 now. Just a few verses back. And Pharaoh said, he's a type and shadow of the enemy of Satan. He said, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. 
The devil says, I've got to stop you. Not even because of where you are currently, but because of where you are going. All right, one more scripture, one more scripture. Hebrews 11. I got to give it to y'all, okay? And then we're going to preach it. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child. I want to talk about your journey of destiny uh, tonight and uh, because destiny is not really as much about a destination as it is about what you learn on the journey. Because if you get there, wherever there is, and you didn't let God change you in the process, you'll get there and mess it up over there. So we're going to talk about the journey of destiny. Father, speak to us, I pray. Speak to us, I pray. And Lord, we do, we think of Brussels and we think of the nations of the world and we think of our own nation in such a critical time. Oh God, send revival. Holy Spirit, expose the plans of terrorist organizations that would try to bring death and destruction upon our nation. Protect your people. God, we turn to you and we ask that by the power of your spirit, our nation would turn back to God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord one more shout. We're going to, I'm going to get you out of here on time. I promise you could be seated. Thanks. Thank you so much. We'll sing at the end. Mark Twain said the two most important days of your life were the day that you were born and the day you find out why you were born. We're talking about destiny. We're talking about a journey. Um, I don't know about you. I, I, I love to people watch. I know it's rude, but I love to do it. I think my wife is actually a professional people watcher. Uh, we can be at dinner at a restaurant, and I'm pouring out my heart to her because I'm a good, sensitive man of God who communicates. Probably not. Okay. And, uh, but I'll tell you, I'll look up at, at her, and she is totally in a conversation with other people. And she's in it. She's like, okay, she's three months pregnant. They're fighting. They don't know what they're going to do about it. He's mad at her. She ordered the steak. That sounds good, but I kind of want the chicken. I mean, she knows everything about what's going on. And I'm like, honey, bring it in, bring it in. But, but I do love to people watch. I, I, I actually like going to the mall with my wife, not to shop, but I like to go. And um, while she shops, I go get me a Cinnabon. <laughs> Listen, if you don't, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you don't like a Cinnabon, we cannot be friends. <laughs> and number two, you don't have the Holy Ghost, okay? Because those things are amazing. Well, they've got gluten. Well, yeah, but it's worth it. They're not organic. I know, okay? They're delicious. Amen. And so I go get my Cinnabon, and I sit down, and I, like, I, I just love to watch people. And I'm from California. Forgive us. And uh, I was recently sitting down, and uh, a woman was walking by me with a stroller. And I thought, oh, there's going to be a beautiful baby inside. And when I looked in, there was a dog in the stroller. <laughs> I told you I'm from California. A couple of minutes later, another woman walked by me, and uh, she had a leash. But there was a baby on the leash. 
Now, I'm not a parent yet. I might be a leash dad one day. I'm trying not to judge, but I'm just telling you it's funny. And uh, I, I love people. I love, I love to, to study people. I love to talk to people. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in people. And it got me thinking about what, what makes us different than the rest of creation? What, what makes us different than the animal kingdom? What distinguishes us from creation? And, and what I really thought about is it's the dream factor. It's the vision factor. It's, it's, the, it's the fact that as a human, we can take something from the invisible and make it visible. Acts chapter 2 tells us that we have the power to dream. We have the power to see visions. We, we have the power to hear from God. We have the power to speak for God. And then we have the power given to us by God to see that word come to pass in the earth. During the grand opening of Disney World in Orlando, Florida, a friend of Lillian Disney, Walt Disney's widow, leaned over to her and whispered, It's such a shame Walt never saw this. To which Lillian responded, He did see it. That's why we're here. (laughs) Moses was not ordinary, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11. But I would like to submit to you, none of us are ordinary. We may have been told that. And and I think because we try to be humble, we say we're just ordinary people. But in reality, I don't know if there really are any ordinary people. Because John tells us in 1 John 4, uh, verse 4, that we are of God. And we can overcome because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It wasn't, though, that Moses was more special than the other children in his generation. But it was that his parents were able to see it. It takes faith to see what God wants to do in my life. It takes faith for me to be able to see that I am not here by accident. God has never said oops. God has never made a mistake. And I'm here for a purpose. I'm here on purpose. And God has a plan for my life. But but something in me is going to have to say, I think I'm here for a reason. And I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to just go through life. I don't want to just repeat history. But I want to make some history. I want to change some things. Maybe I won't change the world, but maybe I'll change my world. Maybe I'll change my generational line. Maybe I'm the one that's going to break alcoholism. Maybe I'm the one that's going to break breast cancer. Maybe I'm the one that's going to break poverty. Maybe maybe I'm here for a reason because Moses means to be drawn out. And, and maybe I'm here and, and maybe God is drawing me out of a system. He's, he's drawing me out of Egypt. He's drawing me out of where I've been and where my family's been and he's bringing me into something and I don't want to just waste that I don't want to just go to heaven I want to bring heaven to the earth I'm I'm Moses and I'm on a journey of destiny anybody believe God has a plan for your life that you're not just here but you are here designed by God Almighty And maybe you didn't have a parent or an authority who could see the greatness in you. But today I've come not to speak greatness over you, but to pull greatness out of you. Stop lowering yourself to the 
living an ordinary life, to living a life like everybody else is living around you. Don't, don't, don't let people try to talk you out of what God has for you just because maybe it did not work for them and, and, and we have compassion for them. But at the same time, we do not live at another person's expectation of our success. We live at the expectation of God. And if he pulled me out of the river and if he's brought me into this moment, I don't want to waste this moment, but I want to say yes to this moment because I believe that God can do something significant in my life. He can do something significant through my life. And, and I think I'm here on purpose. Friend, there will always be a crowd who will act the same, who will talk the same, who will believe the same, who, who wants the same but never ends up finding the very thing they needed. But then there will be those who choose to believe what God has said about them. Breaking out of the fear of man, living a different life, being light in a dark world. Not self-righteous, not judgmental, but, but a people of God that are on fire for God. A people of God who are full of the Holy Ghost, empowered by the Almighty to, to move culture, to impact a city, to populate heaven and to plunder hell. And I believe those people are in this room Tonight, we are not on an ordinary journey. We don't serve an ordinary God. And I don't think we should give him an ordinary clap. Why don't we give him an extraordinary praise real quick? Because I believe, hallelujah. David said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will not let this world system beat me up and push me down and tell me I can't do nothing great for God. No. Greater is he. And it's because of this that the enemy wants to stop you. Hmm. Notice that Pharaoh attacked the Israelites, Exodus chapter 1, not because of who they currently were, not because of what they were currently doing, but because of their potential. He said, I I have to stop them lest they multiply. God forbid the devil sees more potential in you than we see in ourselves. God forbid the devil sees more potential in our children than we see in our children. I'll tell you right now, the devil sees more potential in the next generation than this world does. And that's why he's trying to do everything he can to stop them. That's why he's trying to do everything he can to kill them and abort them and stop them from even ever entering into this planet. But, but I want to tell you something. The, the devil saw something in the people of God that said right now they're in, they're in addition. They're growing. They're, they're adding, but they're not yet multiplying. So, so I'm going to do what I can do. To stop them before they multiply. And some of you feel like, man, the, the warfare has been strong. The, the attack has been great. And, and man, I don't even feel like a real spiritual giant. I don't even really feel like I have that much faith. I don't really even feel like I'm, I'm doing that much for God. And yet, man, it seems like the attack is so strong. It seems like everything is, is so crazy around me. I mean, I, I swore off that man years ago. And all of a sudden, he got my new number. And he's calling me back. And the temptation is back. And, and that girl who was poisoned, all of a sudden, she's calling 
calling me again and hitting me up on Facebook. And I thought that part of my life was over. And, and I thought I was moving forward. But now the attack is back. The temptation is strong. The, the discouragement is back. The lethargy is back. The Man, the, I, I feel like I'm in some kind of funk again. And where is this coming from? I feel like I've entered into some spiritual warfare. And I, I don't really know where it's coming from. Let me tell you what's happening. The enemy is trying to stop you right now. Because you are about to enter into the greatest season. Can I prophesy to somebody? If you don't have faith for it, it's okay. But I feel like someone out there up top in the balcony has faith. You are about to enter into the greatest moment of multiplication you have ever seen. And where there has been just... It just has never really, the business has never really broken through. The family has never really gotten to that place of peace. There really has never been health in that area. There's, there's always been a struggle, but I'm telling you, you are about to multiply. You are about to do the very thing God has called you to do. So don't quit now. Don't give up now. Don't get discouraged now. Don't quit on God right now because you are about to step in to something that you've never seen and I would dare say that your family has never seen and I would even say something your city has never seen I'm telling you as the darkness grows darker and darker in the earth a light will shine and the glory of God will cover the earth like the water cover the seas this is the greatest day for the church this is the greatest day for the body of Christ this is the greatest day for the believer because while all of hell is breaking loose in Egypt it will not touch Goshen. Can somebody shout real quick? I'm telling you, I feel a breakthrough coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil knows the scriptures. He knows God has a plan for your life. He, he knows God is transforming you into the image of Jesus. He, he knows your ladder will be greater than the former. So he's doing all he can to stop the prophetic promise, not just upon your life, but, but upon, uh, I want you to catch this. He wanted to stop the, the, notice this, the children of Israel. He wanted to stop a generational blessing. And I, I feel it for somebody in this room, you, you're maybe a first generation Christian or a first generation really spirit-filled, that's really going after God. And the reason the enemy wants to stop you is because he sees what is about to come upon your kids. <laughs> he sees the breakthrough that's about to... See, my, my daddy's a first-generation... Woo, I feel like shouting right now. I'm about to run. Give me a tambourine, somebody. Clap for five seconds. I promise I'll preach. I promise, but I'm telling you. My daddy was a first-generation Christian. His first language was Spanish. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have no money. My dad said we had an outhouse. And me and mama would sit. This is true. They'd sit in a double outhouse. And he goes, and grandma would read the Sears magazine with a cigarette in her mouth. They'd go potty and then they'd take a page out. And that was the toilet paper. <laughs> Friend, that was just 45, 50 years ago. But then daddy got saved when he was about 20 years old. And our whole family changed. And grandpa and grandma got saved. And every family member above and below got saved. And a generational thing changed in our family. And I'm telling you, the blessing of God is coming upon that prodigal son. 
The blessing of God is coming upon that prodigal daughter. The blessing of God is for your grandchildren, for your children. The blessing of God goes down a thousand generations. And the devil says, I've got to stop the children. But I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. It didn't work with the children of Israel. It didn't work with Moses. It didn't work with the early church. It didn't work with Jesus. And the attack on your life will not work on you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I want to talk to some parents. You've got a drug addict child right now. I'm telling you, in the next year, we speak a breakthrough over that child. The drugs will not kill them. The drugs will not destroy them. I'm, I'm telling you, I just, I just got off the phone with a pastor. We've been praying for his son. He's 17, and he was an atheist until Sunday. I wish I knew how to do the good church dance right now. My God. I said he was. He was an atheist until, and he's a genius, and he was an atheist until Sunday. And he had a God encounter at his church, at his daddy's church, where, and he, okay, he just told his, he just told his daddy. He said, you're like a magician. He said, you just play with the people's emotions. He goes, it's not real. It's just emotionalism. He goes, you're like a politician to his daddy. And his dad has prayed for him, and we prayed for him, and we prayed for him. And Sunday, God, and then Sunday night, he had an encounter with a devil in his house. Lord, if the, if the Holy Ghost won't do it, <laughs> do something and freak him out. Had a demonic encounter, scared, well, it scared the atheist right out of him. That just happened Sunday. Friend, I'm telling you, you might, your kids might be doing some crazy things right now, but I'm telling you, turn around is coming because the enemy said, I want you and your children, but God said, no, the blessing of God is for you and your children. You and your whole household shall be saved. He who began a good work in you and in your family, he will be faithful to complete it. In the name of Jesus. And so, that was my intro. We got to stop. Okay, let's get to it. I see four things in the text that Moses needed on his journey. And there are four things you need. And the first thing you need, and if you've had one, great. If you've never had one, you need it. And here's it. You need a God encounter. Not a religious encounter. Not a churchy encounter. Not I felt the goosebumps when the band was singing. I'm talking about a face-to-face. I'm talking about an encounter, hear me, with the fire of God. I'm talking about meeting God on a level that is undeniable. Can you, can you feel it? You can feel it. Can you know it? You can know it. We, we walk by faith and not by sight, yes, but the God that we serve is a person. And you can know him personally. You can meet him personally. And I'm telling you, when, when, when you don't have every scripture, when you don't have everything worked out, and you're still working out your faith and, and all that's going on, I'm telling you, here's what I do know. I know that I've had a God encounter that an atheist cannot talk me out of, that a sociologist can't talk me out of. I don't care how brilliant you are. You are at the mercy of my experience. And I've had an experience with God that is un. 
undeniable. And friend, on this journey, if you want to do what God's called you to do, you cannot do it without God. You need a God encounter. And it is not until I know God that I find myself. Hmm. Listen to me, young person. You don't go find yourself. I'm going to go to college and I'm just going to go find myself. I'm going to go backpack in Europe. Listen, anything in here, I don't want it. The more you know you, the more you don't want to know you. And the more you know that you need to know a different person, and that's Jesus. I want to get to, I want to know myself. Friend, all that's in here is wickedness and sin and messed up junk. You, you, by saying you, you don't know yourself and you want to learn who you is, you're proving you really don't know who you are because if once you know who you are, you go, I don't want to find myself. I want to find God. See, you'll never walk in true confidence until you know God. Moses was running in fear. That's all. He, he just ran and he ran and he ran for 40 years. He just ran and he ran and he ran. But now he meets God. It isn't until I know God that I finally can be comfortable in my own skin and, and, and not live in insecurity and not live in fear and not live because I know who my God is. And, and, and God, says, God says, I'm the God of your fathers. Not your natural family, Moses. Not your former king, Pharaoh. Not your father-in-law, Jethro. But, but, but I'm connecting you back to the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses, you're a covenant man. Now, you haven't been walking a covenant. You've been running from the call. You've been running from your destiny. You've been running for your purpose. But when you meet God, he, he reconnects you back to who you really are and what you're really supposed to do and who you're really supposed to be. And he says, he says I'm the God of your father's friend. Have you had a God encounter, an encounter with the fire of God, an encounter with the holiness of God. Do we still believe in that word? I don't know if we do in America anymore. It's called holiness. The, the old church mother used to say holiness is still right. I, I still believe in holiness. I still believe that if you, if you meet Jesus and you're not holier than you were when you met him, you didn't meet him. You met Jesus, but you didn't meet Jesus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Friend, I'm telling you, you can meet God. You can know God. Our God is not an idea. He's real. He's not a concept. He's alive. He's not an historical rumor. He's moving and he's active in this world. And he's not distant out there somewhere. He's right here and he's right now. He's, he's here. And, and, and God says, I want to have an encounter with you, friend. I'm telling you, God will reveal himself to you. You can know God for yourself. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. I want to know God. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know him. I don't, I don't want God to be the God of my pastor, the God of my, of my parents, or the, or the God of my old praying grandmother. But I want, I want God to be my God. I, I want to know God for myself, friend. I can know him. And you can have an encounter with God. I'm telling you. Just recently I, I was preaching at a church. And, and I, I, at the end, asked people if they want to be Filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, speak in tongues. We do that. <laughs> 
And if you're freaked out by it, just go, oh, they must be speaking in Swahili. I don't know. You know, just keep, keep, keep moving. Keep coming, okay? And it'll get on you. Trust me. But I said, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, come forward. And some would say, oh, that's emotionalism. That's fanaticism. That's just crazy Pentecostals being Pentecostals. And I'm unashamedly Pentecostal, by the way. I think we need more of it. When you need a miracle, I ain't just calling anybody. I'm calling someone that knows the word, knows the Holy Ghost, can pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I just, I'll just say this. I just sent a prayer request to a friend, and I said, I need you to pray. And within minutes, I got an a, uh, audio text back. And he was not speaking in English. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, I felt the anointing through the phone. I just, I just believe in Pentecost, okay? I'm just telling you. So anyway, I pray, and I said, if you want the Holy Ghost, come forward. And a lady comes forward, and as we pray, she falls down. Why did she fall down? She couldn't stand up. There's my theology for it. She had been bipolar since childhood and on medication, daily medication, for over 20 years. And when she got up, she said, I'm not the same person. Went back to the doctor and said, I don't need these pills anymore. And he said, you do, you're bipolar. She said, no, I'm not. He said, well, what happened? She goes, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She just sent another email. Now a year later said, I've been off medication for one whole year She said, my husband said, you're not the same person. She said, my kids said, you're not the same person. She said, my pastor said, she said, I'm totally transformed. Friend, I believe in the God encounter. Anybody believe in it? Come on, give the Lord a praise real quick. And and in this encounter, I want you to hear it. In this encounter, God says, Moses, Moses. Drawn out, that's what it means. Because he was drawn out of the river, drawn out, drawn out. In other words, Moses, I'm speaking to the miracle in you. I'm speaking to the destiny in you. Hear me. He could have said, murderer, murderer. But see, the devil knows you by your name. But he will always call you by your sin. But God knows your sin. But he will call you by your name. I know you're messed up. God knows the secrets you're dealing with. God knows the, 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 the things that are going on in your life. But he, he's, he's calling something out of you that has never been released. That sin nature, it's been released. You've been a good sinner. But there's another name on the inside of you. There's a, there's a call on the inside of you. And he says, drawn out, drawn out. Moses, Mo- I know you by name. And I'm, and I'm calling you out of where you've been and I'm calling you into something brand new. And Moses was about 80 years old. Friend, it's not too late to receive whatever God has for you. When you're 20, the devil says you're too young. When you're 80, the devil says you're too old. Well, the devil's a liar. And I don't care how old you are in this room, I'm telling you, you can say yes to the call of God tonight. And from this day forward, everything can change in your life, and, and Moses says this in verse 4, he says, he says, here I am. 
I'm, I'm, I'm here, Lord, I'm, I, with my scars, here I am, with my pain, here I am, with my sin. I, I'm being honest, God, here, here I am. I, there may not be much, but, but, but here I am. I've got, I've got 80 years of baggage. But, but here I am because who I am is all I have to give. And I want, I, want you to, I want you to hear this. It is not about what you could have done. Let me break just some condemnation off somebody. It's not about what you could have done. It's about what can God do now. Don't let the devil get you in a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, if I would have, if I would have turned to God ten years ago, if I would have never done that, well, but 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 we can't do anything about that. We can't, and it might it might in, on on some you know scratch some religious itch to beat yourself up. You got to stop it because we can't do anything about what happened, but we can say yes right now and do something right now and and. And God can do something in this season of your life. This is why he would say in Joel chapter 2, I will restore the years. The years that the devil stole, the years that you gave up, it doesn't matter. For some of you, it's been your own fault. For some of you, it's been an attack of the devil. But no matter where you've been, if you'll say yes tonight, God says, I'll restore the years. I'll bring you right here. I'll, I'll bring restoration. You're not behind. You're right where you need to be. God's speaking to you. Hallelujah. Let that shame come off you. Come on, clap your hands one time. Let that shame come off you. Let that guilt come off you. Sir, I know you made a mistake in your marriage. Ma'am, I know you made a mistake 10 years ago. We can't do nothing about that. But if you'll say yes to God, says God says, I'll restore the years. I'll do more with the next season of your life than you could have ever done. And then God says, take your shoes off. On this journey of destiny, not only do we need a God encounter, we need holiness. (laughs) Holiness is not perfection. But it is a decision. To take off who I have been and take on my new nature in Christ. Holiness isn't about legalism. It's not about appearance. It's not about makeup. It's not about those. I know people who don't wear makeup that are full of the devil. That's all I'm going to say about that. Holiness is about surrender. Holiness is about relationship. Because see, any good parent, they'll fight over it. They'll, they'll, they'll get their new baby and the dad will go, don't he look just like me? And the mom will go, no, no, he looked just like me. Because a parent wants their child to take on their attributes. And God as a good father says, I want you to be like me. Because I'm free. <laughs> I'm secure. I'm holy. I'm I'm I'm." I'm other. That's what holy means. I'm other. I'm, I'm altogether other. I'm different. And God says you can be different in this world. Holy, and, and, and now catch this. Catch this. God says take your shoes off. Holiness is giving God 
the thing he's asking for when he asks for it. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to need at least one tweet, okay? Holiness or Facebook post, give me some love, okay? Holiness is giving God the thing he's asking for when he asks for it. So when he says, give that offering, you give it. When he says, repent to your wife, you do it. I'm going to sleep on it, Lord. You don't sleep on repentance. When he says, break up with that person, you break up with them. But we're engaged. It's going to be embarrassing. But you know they're crazy. And you know you need to get out of it quick. You know, there's something worse than, than being single, right? It's marrying the wrong person. <laughs> mm-hmm. But once you're in, you're in. And then you got issues, okay? And you got to pray. And you got to believe God for a miracle. Amen. Okay, let me keep going. <laughs> Holiness is about giving God the thing he's asking for when he gives it. Give me your shoes. Give me your temper. Give me your relationship. Give me, give me that prejudice. Give me that, give, give me that frustration. Give me that, that, that pride. Give me that addiction. See, if God's asking for it, you can give it. I want you to catch this. If, if the Lord's dealing with your heart, that means there's grace to do it. I want you to catch that. See, If you get manipulated into doing something, there might not be grace to do it. But if God says, I want it, there will be a grace. You'll never have to touch those cigarettes again. You'll never have to touch that again. You'll never have to go to that pornography site again. You'll never have to deal with that again. Why? Because when God says, give it to me, there's a grace release to do it in the moment. It's like that with with sowing a seed. If, If God says, give it to me, and you say, well, I'll do it in two weeks, but the anointing is right now. Now, will God honor that? I'm not not here to judge that. I'm just here to say when the anointing is on something and there's a grace and the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning and the presence of God is moving and the voice of God is talking and God says give that $10 or give that $10,000 or whatever it is, when there's an anointing on it, do it in the moment and there's a breakthrough in the moment. Holiness is about transformation. God says you've been a shepherd and you've been a murderer. But now you will be a military leader and a prophet. But you must take off what you've been. And take on a new nature. This is holiness. And God says, take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. And Moses surrenders. He he enters into a life of holiness. and, And now God speaks. His plan. God speaks His will. God speaks. Because I'm telling you, every time you repent, there, what, the, what Acts chapter 3 says, a season of refreshing comes. In other words, when you repent, the voice of God becomes clear again. Right now, well, I got off the plane this morning. My ear's been a little bit clogged. And I can't quite hear right. You know, I'm just like trying to get it to pop. When you are not walking in holiness, you can't hear clear. But when you repent and surrender the thing God's asking for, it's like, ding. Oh, I can hear God again. Oh, the scripture's alive again. Oh, the, the presence of God is, is moving again. Oh, the worship is anointed again. Well, the worship never stopped being anointed. I'm just not getting fed at my church anymore. Repent. Just not being fed. Eat. 
Imagine telling your mama that. It's not getting fed at the table. Or maybe just my mom. I don't know. My parents were spankers, okay? <sighs> oh, let me just, one quick story. I'm almost done. One time, I, one time I said I don't like Brussels sprouts. One time. One time. Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> one time. One time. Okay, and God says, God says, I've seen. Let me, uh, c- come on up. I've seen. And I've heard. God's heart breaks for the brokenness in our world. God sees what is happening in our nation. And he sees what's happening in the nations of this world. And, he, and, he's, and he's broken by it. He, he cares about it. He, he's a God who knows. He's a God who, who sees. He's a God who can bring change. He, he, he sees it. He, he feels it. And, and, and I, want you to, I want you to know that, that that's the God we serve. He he sees and he, and he hears. He sees your need. He hears your prayers. He says, I, I put every tear that you've ever cried in a bottle. I, I, I know it and, and I see it. And I think sometimes we, we struggle with this because we see the pain of our world and we go, well, if God was so good, why? And, well, why did, why did that happen in Brussels? And why do these terrorist attacks happen? And why, does, why are there kids who are starving? Why are there kids who are thirsty? And Why the pain? Why the sex trafficking? 27 million people today in, are in modern day slavery, more than ever ever in the history of our world. And, and I think we can look at that and, 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 and go, well, where's, where's God in it? But, but I, want you to, I want you to see this. And, and I'm going to step on your toes for one second. And you took your shoes off, so it's going to hurt. He says, I've seen it, I've heard it. Verse 10 says, I've come down. But then he says, now go. Willie George said it this way, we are praying for a move of God. And God is asking for a move of man. God is here, but he uses people. God always has and always will partner with man to change the world. He spoke through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 22, and he said, I've sought for a man. I've, I've sought for a woman. I've, I'm looking for somebody. There's a great story about Mother Teresa who was on the streets of Calcutta reaching the orphans and the widows and feeding the poor and atheist reporter came and was, uh, was with her for a week interviewing her and he said Mother Teresa I just have to ask you where is God? Where is God in the poverty? Where is God with the orphans? Where is God with the hunger? How can you tell me there is a God? Where is there a God in Calcutta? Mother Teresa smiled at this young man from the UK and she said God is here and God is wherever there is pain but the real question is where are you in the poverty where are you with the orphans 
Where are you in the struggle? Where are you? And I think it's so easy to look at the pain and and go, well, God needs to do something. And God's going, I did something. And now I'm asking you to do something. God will never do what we can do. Jesus said it this way. You roll away the stone. I'll raise the dead. Did you catch it? They had to roll away the stone. Jesus spoke to Lazarus. God says, you do your part. I'll do my part. Stop asking God why. And start asking God, what is my part to play? Can you pray? Can you encourage somebody? Can you defend somebody? Can you give? Can you, can you invite somebody to church on Easter Sunday? Can you tell that friend about Jesus? I can't do everything, but I can do something. I can't change everything, but I can play my part in the story of God. Now you go. I'll end with this. I, I, uh, um, right before we got married, I may have told this story. I'm not sure. I don't think I did. Right before we got married, and don't worry, we're not about to take an offering. Everybody relax. Right before we got married, I, uh, my wife and I had $3,000 to our name. We were in our early 20s, and it was basically from graduation money, from our graduation parties, you know. And we had $3,000. We don't come from money. We don't have money in our family, and so we were paying for our own wedding. And that 3000 is going to be our honeymoon. And God spoke to us, and I still get emotional and think about it. God spoke to us about a month before our wedding and said, empty your savings account. And boy, it hurt. Ooh, it hurt. You know, people say, God loves a cheerful giver. Well, he doesn't hate an uncheerful giver. It was scary. It was scary. We didn't have a bed. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a couch. I mean, we had nothing. We had, I mean, we shouldn't have got, you know, but, you know, looking back, it's like, why did our parents even let us get married? But, and uh, I, I joke, and I said, we were so poor, we would go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. Okay, forgive me, I said it, all right. But we were broke. And we gave it. Because holiness is giving God what He asks you to give when He asks you to give it. Let me, let me tell you what happened. I didn't wake up the next morning. There was not a Bentley in our front yard. I didn't open my bank account. There was a miracle million dollars. But I'll tell you what's happened since that day back in 2006. I've never been afraid of money. I've never been afraid of poverty. I broke the back of fear. I broke the back of poverty. I broke the back of lack in that moment. Because I I looked at $3,000 and I said, you will not intimidate me. That's a big amount, but I serve a bigger God. And we've been blessed. 
Last year, uh, a couple of months ago, actually I was preaching and a young couple came up to me. I was preaching in Alabama and a young couple, cute little white couple, obviously from Alabama, came up to me and said, man, we just sure were blessed. I mean, Alabama voice. I mean, Forrest Gump, you know, like. And I said, where do y'all live? And they go, China. So what are y'all doing in China? They said, we're missionaries. See, and when you, when you get, when you start living this stuff, you start saying really dumb things. So I went, Pastor, I went, how much does that cost a month to be a missionary in China? And they went, $3,000. And I immediately got emotional because I thought about 10 years earlier when that was everything to us. And as quickly as I, and as clearly as I heard the Lord 10, 10 years ago, I heard him again say, give him 3000 bucks." And I went, let me pay for a month. Let me pay for a month. And they started crying. Because I can't do everything. But I can do something. I couldn't, I couldn't pay the $36,000 for their year in China. But I could do something. I've seen it. I've heard it. But now I need you to go. But God, it's going to be scary. And God, there's going to be pharaohs in my future. And God, there's going to be... There's going to be Red Seas and there's going to be rocks and there's going to be dry places and there's going to be Jebusites and Perizzites and Hittites and all kind of ites and there's going to be giants and there's going to be, there's going to, Lord, there's so much and God says in verse 12, he says, but I'm going to be with you. And on this journey of destiny, I'm so grateful that he's going to be with me. In this marriage, he's going to be with me. As we raise these kids, he's going to be with me. As I start this business, he's going to be with me. As I start this church in San Antonio, he's going to be with me. Every step, God says, if you'll trust me, can I get every person to stand on your feet and give God a shout of praise? Because I'm telling you, he's going to be with you. He's going to walk with you. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. My presence will be your home. Just stay connected to me on this journey. Don't forget about me. Don't get too big for your britches. Walk with a limp. Walk in my presence. I will be with you. I will sustain you. And every demonic thing that would try to rise up against you, it will fall. How does it start? It starts starts at a burning bush. It starts at a tree. It starts at starts at a tree and you're in this place and you've never met Jesus for yourself on every eye closed every head bowed and if you could give me just six more minutes I promise we'll be out of here and the team can come as we just have this moment of prayer I'm just asking you to close your eyes to let go of every distraction In the same way that God called Moses, Moses, Moses. God would now call you by your name and say, it's time to come home. It's time to surrender. It's time to take off who you've been and to take on who I am. And you're in this place and God's dealing with your heart. It's time to surrender. And if you would be so bold as to say, Jabin, I do not know Jesus, and today's my day to surrender. Or, like Moses, I've run 
from the call and I've run from God's plan for my life and like the prodigal son I've run but now it's time to run home in the name of Jesus this is your moment I'm going to ask you in just one moment I'm going to count to three and when I do you're going to raise your hand and if you would say Jabin I want to place my faith in the Lord Jesus for the very first time or I want to come back to God placing my faith totally in the finished work of Jesus in the power of the cross receiving his total forgiveness and his total grace for the very first time or I'm coming back to God if that's you when I count to three you're going to raise your hand boldly and as you do it will feel like a million pounds has been taken off your shoulders you will know it that something is happening in your life Jabin I need to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life for the very first time or Jabin I need to return to God one You know who you are. God's dealing with your heart. Yeah, but what about my friends? What about my spouse? What about the person who brought me? What about, it doesn't matter about them. This is about you and Jesus right now. God's dealing with your heart. Your heart is pounding. Your stomach is turning. Your palms are sweaty. You know this is your moment of surrender. Jabin, I need Jesus. One, two, and three. Can you raise that hand? 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 Hallelujah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. As quickly as you rose that hand, as quickly as you raised that hand and said, I need Jesus, as quickly as you did that, get out of your seat and meet me at this altar right now. If you if you just raised your hand and said, I need Jesus for the very first time, or I need to come back to God, this is your moment. Come on, out of the balcony. Just push people aside. Say, excuse me, excuse me. I must get to the front. This is my moment. This is my moment. I'm coming back to God. If you raised your hand, come, come out of the balcony. I know it's I know it's a long walk. Grab your purse, grab your Bible, grab whatever you got. Come to this front. We're we're about to pray for you. God's about to meet you right here, friend. If you're in the audience, I want you to look at, at the person you're standing by and say, "If you need to go down to the front, I will go with you." I want you to tell them that right now. If you need to go down to the front, I will go with you. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.